What does the future hold for Matt Barzal if the Islanders can't get him a sniper? And when will that happen? We discuss this. We have our weekly farm report and a full preview of how the Islanders can beat the Red Wings tonight at UBS Arena. All this and more coming up on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Sark tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody. Gil Martin, so glad to be with you today talking New York Islanders. Thanks for being part of the Locked On Islanders family. And thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. If you've got something Islanders-related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, or a topic that you'd like us to talk about on the show, feel free to send us an email, the email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we will mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings, and I am live tweeting during nearly every Islanders home and road game. I'll deliver some instant insight and analysis, and it's always great to interact with fans during games and really any time, so make sure you follow on Twitter and uh be great to talk to you. We will kick off today's show with a listener question, an email from uh, Damien in Buffalo. He is part of the Buffalo Islanders meetups. Uh, He asks, we see Stanley Cup teams place value in star scorers and around the deadline add third and fourth line players hungry for a cup. Tampa has been great at this. Why do the Islanders place so much faith in keeping bottom six players around while not getting a scoring winger for Barzal? I do not want to hear excuses in this offseason not to do so now that we have a new arena and a solid coaching staff. Thanks, Damian in Buffalo. Damian, first of all, thanks for listening and thank you so much for the question. It's a good one. And I'll tell you, it's a question that is on the minds of a lot of Islanders fans. So let's get to it and discuss it. Yeah, great teams, cup-winning teams, always have one or more really dangerous goal scorers on their roster. And I'll even use the Islanders as an example. You go back in Islanders history. The Islanders became a playoff team and reached the Stanley Cup semifinals 
in 1974-75. They became, they took that excellence to another level in 1977-78 when they added Mike Bossy, who was one of the greatest snipers, one of the greatest goal scorers of all time. And one year after Bossy joins the team, after his rookie year, the next season, Islanders had the best record in the NHL, and the year after that, they win their first of four straight Stanley Cups. Without the goal scorer, the sniper, the Islanders were a very good team, but to win, you need at least that one player who puts fear in the hearts of other teams. And look, it's not just the Islanders, Ovechkin, Crosby, Stamkos, you can go up and down the list of, you know, Stanley Cup winners over the last decade. And there's always one, more often than not, two or three really good high-quality scorers. Now, the Islanders, you, you, you asked, Damien, in part, why did the Islanders place such an emphasis on keeping bottom six players? Part of that has to do with the way they play the game. Uh, defense first back-checking, setting the tone with your fourth line. I do think that the Islanders have overpaid their fourth line and bottom six forwards in recent years. And that unless they do bring in that sniper that you've been talking about, they're not going to take it to the next level. It is very difficult to win a Stanley Cup without at least one bona fide 30 35 or more goal scorer who really makes opposing goalies and opposing coaches and opposing defenders be afraid, take stock, say, oh my God, we got to stop this guy. And, you know, I like Anders Lee. I like Brock Nelson. I like Matthew Barzal. I think Oliver Wallstrom has potential, but none of those guys are pure snipers that put fear in opponents. And, you know, Matt Barzal is more of a skater and a passer than he is a shooter. We've all known that. We've all complained about that uh, at various times over the last few years. Yeah, I agree with you, Damian. Lou Lamorello has got to bring in somebody this offseason who's going to fill that bill as a sniper. And whether it's by free agency or by trade, or, you know, you're not going to draft someone unless you win the lottery who's going to step in and, and, and be that guy right away. That's a one-in-a-generation kind of a situation. So, as far as I'm concerned, they're overdue to bring that person in, and hopefully it will happen during this coming off season. But, you know, not necessarily an easy situation for the Islanders because they needed cap space. It was difficult to do this past offseason. Uh, but, you know, trading Varlamov, uh, letting go some of these bottom six forwards, those are still things they could do to free up some cap space. And we'll see what Lou Lamorello does. But I think that you're right. You need that one player, maybe two. To me, a guy like uh, Lee or a guy like Nelson could be the second guy, but they're not good enough to be that first guy. 
and the Islanders need to bring that player in. There's little doubt about that in my mind. So, Damian, thank you again for listening, and thanks for a great question. I hope that Lou Lamorello answers your question, and it's, like I said, something that's been on the minds of a lot of Islander fans, so we'll see. One other thing that I looked at and read uh, over the last 24 hours, uh, Zdeno Chara and Andy Green uh, asked if they were willing to be moved at the trade deadline, and both of them indicated that they preferred to stay. And even according to what I saw, uh, we're willing to, to maybe sign extensions and come back to the Islanders next year. Now, whether or not Lou Lamorello and the Islanders want to do that, that remains to be seen. Uh, there are benefits and drawbacks to it. Maybe one of them comes back, maybe both, maybe neither. I would tend to think at most it's one, but again, we'll see how it all plays out over the off season. We've got a lot more to discuss on today's show. We're going to look at the Red Wings and how the Islanders have to go about playing to beat Detroit tonight. We have our weekly farm report and a defenseman from the late 70s is our Islanders birthday of the day. All that and more still to come on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at Bet Online. It's that time of year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. So let's do our farm report. Not as much happening this past week as the uh, Bridgeport Islanders uh, only played a couple of games. One was a 3-2 overtime loss last Wednesday in Springfield against the Springfield Thunderbirds. And then they played one game over the weekend, and look, they picked up a point. It was an overtime loss last Wednesday. And what a great performance by Corey Schneider, the veteran goalie, making 42 saves. Uh, Bridgeport tying the game in the final minute. Chris Terry scoring uh, in order to send the game to OT. But in the end... The Islanders come up short, and look, uh, you had Kyle McLean get the other goal for Bridgeport, but overall, the problem in this game, when you lose 3-2 to two in OT, you ask too much of your goaltender. 45 shots given up, including 19 in the first period. It is a problem for Bridgeport, and we've seen this a number of times over the course of recent weeks and really all season, where sometimes their defense just gives up far too many opportunities. So that was the game last Wednesday. On Saturday, Bridgeport Islanders returned home, faced the Syracuse Crunch, 
and skated away with a 7-4 victory. They are now 3-0-1 in their last four games. And Austin Zarnick tying uh, Bridgeport Islanders and slash uh, Sound Tigers record with four assists in that game. Richard Panic with two goals and an assist. And Bridgeport with that 7-4 win over the crunch. And I'll tell you, Holmstrom, a goal and two assists. Simon Holmstrom, that was a good sign. And Jakob Skerek, 42 saves in 46 shots faced. And again, the defense, the team defense, not what you want from Bridgeport, although Skerek playing well and Otto Koivula adds two assists. So uh, the two-game series against... Uh, uh, against Syracuse, the Islanders sweep it. And right now, the Islanders just a hair's breadth behind in the battle for the last playoff spot in the Atlantic Division. Uh, Wilkes Bar, Scranton, the Penguins Farm Club, is ahead of them by just a few percentage points, but there are still two head to head meetings between those two teams. Now, Bridgeport is playing a game right now as I record this podcast. They are facing the Utica Comets in Utica. Then they have two games coming up this weekend. They'll be on the road. Uh, this this is a four-game road trip starting with this game uh, in Utica. Then over the weekend, Saturday at the Toronto Marlies. That's the Maple Leafs Farm Club. Sunday afternoon, so Saturday 4 p.m. at the Toronto Marlies, Sunday 3.05 p.m. at the Rochester Americans, and those are the games for this week. Then they're off until next Saturday when they will conclude the road trip at the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins, but we'll talk about that game when we get closer uh, to basically, you know, next week's farm report, and we can you know, look at the upcoming schedule and everything associated with it. But right now, the Bridgeport Islanders playing better hockey. They're on the 3-0-1 streak. They're battling for that last playoff spot. And I'll tell you, even if they don't go on a long playoff run, it is important, I think, for Bridgeport to make the playoffs and give some of these younger players, especially your Simon Holmstrom's, your Otto Koivula's, uh, you, you know, guys like that, uh, to get Robin Sallow, get some playoff experience and show them what you could do. I think that would be great. Chris Terry remains the team's leading scorer with 21 goals and 46 points. Otto Koivula, 30 assists. And 40 points, uh, Andy Andreoff, 37 points, Arno Durando, 33, and Simon Holmstrom, 32. Among defensemen right now, Grant Hutton with 17 points, including eight goals. Parker Wotherspoon right behind him with 16 points. So that is the race there. As far as the goaltending is concerned, and Bridgeport has been getting solid goaltending from both Schneider and Skarek. Schneider with a 285 goals against average, 8, 10, and 3 on the season, a 916 save percentage. Skarek, a 301 goals against, a 904 save percentage, but they play better in front of him, 15, 11, 
and four heading into uh, the Wednesday night game that, as I said, is going on as I record this. And in the third period, Bridgeport is ahead in that game by a three-to-one margin, but we'll give you the full recap next week on our Farm Report. Now, tonight, Islanders and uh, the Detroit Red Wings at the UBS Arena. And, you know, the Red Wings are a team that has more or less struggled all season. They have been a, a bit surprising at times, but they've fallen off. They're now 26-30-7 and seven on the year and not going to make the playoffs. They are coming off a... 6-3 to three win over the Philadelphia Flyers. That game played on Tuesday. But before that, you know, it's a, a loss to Seattle in Seattle, a one nothing win over Vancouver, and then a couple of losses in Western Canada to Edmonton and Calgary. So again, a young team. I think Detroit kind of headed in the right direction but not quite there yet. And the big issue, they're, they're a little below average in goals scored with 21, but the goals against, that's what's been hurting them. 30th in the league in that category. And special teams, an area that the Islanders definitely need to take advantage of tonight. The power play for Detroit is just 25th. The penalty kill, 29th in the league. Alex Nedeljkovic is there. Number one goalie, he is 17-19-6 on the season. A 3-1-5 goals against a 9-0-4 save percentage. Ex-Islander Tomas Grice is the backup. He is 8-10-1. A 3-7-7 goals against and an 8-87 save percentage. Not great numbers there for Grice. We know Grice can play better than that, but again, your team in front of you struggling defensively for most of the season. Dylan Larkin leads the team with 27 goals and 61 points. Tyler Bertuzzi right behind him with 25 goals. Lucas Raymond has 20 goals. And Robbie Fabry has 17. Uh, on the power play, the player to watch is actually Fabry and then Dylan Larkin. Uh, Fabry with six goals, Larkin with Five, Lucas Raymond with five on the power play. And uh, Moritz Sider has 15 assists on the power play. Lucas Raymond has 10. So those are some of the players to watch. We look at the line combinations uh, for the Red Wings. Larkin centers the top line with Philip Zadina and Lucas Raymond on his wings. You have Pius Suter as the second-line center with Jacob Verana and Tyler Bertuzzi on either side of him. Joe Valente is the third-line pivot. Giovanni Smith and Oscar Sundqvist are his wings. Michael Rasmussen centers the fourth line with Adam Ernie to his left and Sam Gagne to his right. On the blue line, Jordan Osterley and Moritz Sider are the top pairing. Mark Stahl a familiar name to New York area hockey fans. And Philip Ronick uh, are the second pairing. And Jake Wallman and Gustav Lindstrom are the third pairing. The goaltenders right now, Nedeljkovic and Grice. On the injured list, Mitchell Stevens, Carter Rowney, Dan DeKaiser, and Robbie Fabry. They are all on IR and probably not going to play 
tonight against the New York Islanders. So what do the Islanders have to do? Well, got to take advantage of special teams. The power play, you're going up against the 29th ranked PK in the NHL. 74.3% success rate. Look, the Islanders should be at least a plus one in this game on special teams, whether that means scoring a shorthanded goal or a power play goal and not giving up any. I I think that's a more than reasonable expectation. And then, look, both of these goalies are not having a great year defensively. You, you you think that you can create space and time against Detroit, shoot the puck, get it on net. This, to me, is the kind of game that Matthew Barzal can excel in and really help set up a lot of scoring opportunities. And if he does that, uh, and I think Noah Dobson will have a big game as well, the Islanders should be in a pretty solid position. So the opportunity is there for the Islanders, and I think that they will uh, be able to take advantage of it. Uh, Detroit, four games under NHL 500 right now. 59 points in 63 games. And just by comparison, the Islanders have 63 points in 61 games. I like the direction the Islanders are heading in overall. Unfortunately, again, going to be a little too late for them to get in the playoffs. And after Detroit, the schedule does get harder over the weekend. Saturday afternoon in Boston, Sunday afternoon at home against the Tampa Bay Lightning, two playoff-destined teams to face. So, when we come back, we will have our Islanders' birthday of the day, a defenseman kind of forgotten who was a key part of the Islanders in the mid to late 70s. And we'll have some final thoughts on our email uh, from Damien from Buffalo and, and, and what it means for the Islanders' future. So all that and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Time now for Islanders' birthday of the day. And this is the 67th birthday of former Islanders defenseman Pat Price. Price, a native of Nelson, British Columbia, played his Western uh, his junior hockey with the Saskatoon Blades and even scored 27 goals and 95 points in his last season in the Western uh, Junior League with 147 penalty minutes, so very involved. Drafted first overall in the WHA 1974 draft by the Vancouver Blazers and played a season for them. In 74-75, then the Islanders drafted him in the first round, 11th overall in 1975. And part of the reason for that, the WHA was drafting players who were too young still to be drafted at that time by the NHL. In 75-76, Pat Price made his NHL debut, spent most of the year in the Central League, but played four games for the Islanders and picked up two assists. Stayed with the Isles through the end of the 78-79 season before joining the Edmonton Oilers. Later played for the Penguins, the Nordiques, briefly for the Rangers, all of 13 games. And then with the Minnesota North Stars to close out his career in 1987-88. Overall, Pat Price played 726 NHL games, 68 more in the WHA. 43 goals, 
261 points and 1,456 penalty minutes, 74 playoff games for Pat Price, two goals, 12 uh, points, and 195 penalty minutes in those. We're looking at one of Pat Price's better games with the Isles. January 10th, 1977, the visitor at the Nassau Coliseum, the Broad Street Bullies, the Philadelphia Flyers, and back then they really were the Broad Street Bullies. Bernie Perrant, the Hall of Famer in goal for the Flyers. Glenn Chico Resch, the netminder for the Islanders. And the Islanders, look at look at this. We're talking about the Broad Street Bullies. Ten seconds into the game, Jimmy Watson off for interference. Six seconds later, Brian Trottier scores on the power play. His 13th from J.P. Parise and our Islanders' birthday of the day, Pat Price, 1-0 Islanders. Then Dennis Potvan makes it 2-0 Isles. His 12th from Jude Drouin at 7.54. Nystrom, Bobby Nystrom gets his 20th goal of the year. Bob Bourne the assist at 1742. And voila, 3-0 Islanders in what was a big Patrick Division rivalry game. But 17 seconds after the Nystrom goal, Andre Moose DuPont, his third from Oris Kindrachuk, and it's 3-1 Islanders after the first period. In the second period, Jack McElhargy heads off for interference and the Islanders cash in. Bobby Nystrom, his 21st of the year, an assist again for our Islanders' birthday of the day, Pat Price and Brian Trottier. Time of the goal, 153, 4-1 Islanders. Billy Harris makes it 5-1 Islanders with his 13th of the year. Another assist for Pat Price, our Islanders' birthday of the day at 636. A goal by Ross Lonsberry of the Flyers gets it a little closer. Gary Dornhofer and Jimmy Watson with the assists. And then Nystrom completes his hat trick. His third of the game, 22nd of the year, Bob Bourne and Dennis Potvan with the assists. And it was 6-2 to two aisles in the third. Another power play goal for Jude Druan with Paul Holmgren in the penalty box for tripping. His 12th, Clark Gillies and Dennis Potvin with the assist. Bob Bourne scores his ninth from J.P. Parise and Jerry Hart. And then McElhargy with a late goal for Philadelphia, his second from Jimmy Watson. But the Islanders win big, 8-3 over the Flyers. A rare instance where they chased Bernie Perrant after two periods. Wayne Stevenson finished up. Chico Resch, 24 saves. In this game for our Islanders birthday of the day, Pat Price, three assists. He was a plus two in this game. Uh, a goal and two assists for Dennis Potvin and Bob Bourne. And of course, the hat trick in this one for Bobby Nystrom. But for Pat Price, our Islanders birthday of the day, a three assist effort. And we wish him all the best on his 67th birthday. All right, look. Damian, I agree. The Islanders have got to bring in a sniper if they want to take that last step. Analytics, hockey history, statistics, all bear that out. Now it's up to Lou Lamorello and Barry Trotz to make that happen. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with a full preview of both of this weekend's games and our key takeaways from uh, tonight's game against the Red Wings. We'll have that and a lot more coming up. Thanks again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Fantasy Hockey. 
Host Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. And of course, let's go Islanders.